Hi everyone, I'm Josh, and this is the Josh Wright Piano Podcast. Today I wanted to discuss phases and obsessions and why you should embrace them. If any of you talk to my mom, she'll say, wow, he was a crazy kid. He loved collecting things, and he would get so obsessed about every little thing that he was into. So in second grade, it was pogs, if any of you remember what those were. Uh, I got really into baseball cards, then basketball cards, then Pokemon cards, and then I got really into golf, and I played competitive soccer and I played basketball. I wasn't very good at basketball or baseball though. So sad. Sadly, my dad was disappointed that I didn't carry on his baseball tradition, but um, I wanted to correlate this back to music as well. Another funny example, my friend in my neighborhood has a really nice car. And I said, you know, those, those types of cars are one of my favorites. I might want to get one one day. And he said, oh, do you want to come drive it? And I said, oh man, you'd let me do that? And he said, yeah, of course. And so I went over and he said, you know how to drive manual cars? And I said, no, I don't. And I was like, I've driven one maybe twice in my life and it wasn't, I didn't do great. And he's like, oh, no problem, I'll teach you. And I was like, you really want me to grind your gears on this really nice car? And he said, oh, no problem, these are bulletproof. So he taught me and then I went and test drove another one because I was feeling confident and I stalled it a bunch of times and the guy that I was test driving with, he's like, you got to get out. And I was so ashamed that I was, you know what, I'm going to get good at this. So that Sunday, my brother-in-law took me out and in his grandpa's old F-150 truck and we drove around for an hour and I got good at it. And then just to prove to myself on my birthday my wife's like what do you want to do for your birthday I'm like it's eaten me up that I cannot drive a manual very well and she's like oh my gosh you are nuts and I so on my birthday like we made a quick stop at this uh, car lot because that car that I'd stalled a bunch of times um, a different driver or a different car lot of course I wasn't going to go back to that same guy that I humiliated myself in front of but <laughs> that same guy uh, or that same car I test drove again and it was good and I wanted to bring up those examples not just to you know talk your ear off but to bring up a point that phases and obsessions are actually very healthy in piano studies because those are often the catalysts for getting really good at something. For instance, I've had an obsession with Chopin my entire life, basically, but especially once I learned my first two Chopin etudes, I learned the Opus 10 number seven, and the Opus 10 number three. And I was listening to those so much, uh, I had Murray Pariah's CD on my old Discman that I told my teacher, I want to learn all these. And she said, oh, as a 13-year-old, you want to learn all the Chopin etudes? I said, yes, and nothing's going to stop me. And <laughs> she said, okay, let's do it. And she definitely believed in me more than uh, she probably should have, but she was such a sweet lady and um, taught me until I was in my early 20s. And I still occasionally go back for a lesson with her. She's just that good. She's incredible, even after over a decade of studying with her, I guess maybe 15 years of studying with her. She still has so much to teach me, so she's brilliant. Anyway, uh, I started learning all the Chopin etudes. I said, I want to have all these learned in a year, and then I want to make a CD of these, which took me about another year. I tried to record eight in a session, in, in a couple days of sessions, um, eight at a time, 
so I would I learned the first eight and then I would at the end of three or four months I would go into the recording studio and I recorded those eight and we edited them and then I would work on the next eight getting ready for recording and then I released the CD and played a concert of the complete 24 shell pen etudes when I was 15 years old maybe I was 16 I can't remember I think I was 15 though um, because I started learning them when I was 13 recorded them when I was 14 going into my 15th year and then did the concert yeah so I must have been 15 and that act alone of having that determination and that obsession I just wore out my Murray Pariah CD and I listened to Louis Lorty a lot and I just wore those CDs out I was completely obsessed I mean and when I say I wore them out I was listening to them in the car all the time when my parents were driving like running errands I would just put on my headphones and listen to those over and over and over and over and that set me up so much for the future not only for Chopin etudes that I had to enter into competitions but just as a technical foundation I have a student and this kind of sparked this idea for this podcast I was teaching last week and she said she gives me a lot of good ideas for YouTube videos and now this podcast her name's Marilyn great great student and she said I think I want to be working on my scales for an hour a day and I said I don't think that's totally healthy uh, to only work on scales but it's okay if you can keep momentum with that and she said oh no I am totally committed to this I'm gonna do it if you just told a normal student practice your scales for an hour a day they'd probably fizzle out after 15 minutes but she's so determined and she's going through so many different practice methods and obsessing over every little movement that she's making with scales that I thought why am I discouraging that she's actually going to learn so much from this and I thought back to all of my experiences through life and those moments where I did have a phase where oh I was really into baseball cards well my knowledge about those baseball players went up exponentially I knew so much about baseball stats or basketball or golf I mean I took so many lessons I was on the golf team I I got so good at golf I mean and when I say so good my best handicap was like 10 you know so I, I wasn't like a scratch golfer but for me that was really good because I was shooting probably a hundred or more when I first started and then I was shooting low 80s when I got uh, to my peak in my junior year of high school it was uh, really a good thing I think getting into these obsessions in these phases give you the mental space to explore and try every little method or detail that you possibly can whereas when you try to have a completely balanced life saying I'm gonna work out for 30 minutes a day and I'm gonna eat this healthy breakfast and then I'm gonna go to my work and I'm gonna get this done and this done and this done that's very good for a balanced life but for creative artistic minds <laughs> for instance I've heard about Bob Ayan's practice schedule and his students say yeah he usually starts practicing around 10 p.m. at night and then he'll go to like 4 or 5 in the morning and it's those types of obsessive personalities that can uh, personality traits and you don't even have to have it as a personality trait you can just start adopting these practices now that allow you to have mental space to be creative one thing that I was doing even just a year and a half ago I was teaching so many private students that I would then throw my YouTube videos together and maybe a social media post here and there when I had time and same thing with my paid courses I would just 
oh, I've got a spare hour. Let me hurry and record a pro practice video. Um, and I'd been thinking about them. I, I do plan those out quite meticulously, but it was a rare occasion where I had a free hour or two to record one. And so I'd just kind of be doing these sporadically. And once I started to uh, market my courses better and they started to bring in more revenue, I was able to let some of those students go or refer them to other teachers that were just as effective uh, as I was. A, a lot of you know beginner students come to me and I'm like, you don't really need me as your teacher. You could get just as much um, value from studying with a, a really good beginner teacher as you would with me at the university level. So I mean, Clearing up that space in my life has allowed me to do things like this podcast, has allowed me to have more time to create effective courses um, for people to learn from and pursue some things that I never actually thought that I would um, have the time to do or the resources to do. And it's brought a whole new level of happiness as well. So this whole idea of phase and obsession and having these little things that you become totally into and want to spend all of your time doing them, I think that's really how you become a master of something. And I don't consider myself a master of piano even after all these years, but I'm working towards mastery at all times. And I don't know if anyone ever achieves mastery, but there's people who come pretty darn close, I can say that much. But I hope today's discussion on this topic can give you that mental space and if you need it, the permission to, to give yourself some time to really obsess over something. I always tell my students it's better to go deep rather than wide and a, a better saying is depth over breadth. So rather than trying to learn six pieces at once and say, I'm gonna learn all these six pieces in a year, I'd rather have you obsess over one piece at a time and do six pieces over the course of 12 months. You get the same amount of pieces done, but you're able to have time and space to explore those more. If any of you have any questions or podcast requests, shoot me an email, uh, put podcast in the subject line. My email is josh at joshwrightpiano.com. I will also leave a link to my website, my courses, all of my social media profiles in the show notes of this podcast. If any of you have any piano-related questions you'd like me to answer outside of the podcast, I'm also happy to help you via email. Have a great week. Good luck in your practice sessions.